This broadcast is sponsored by Summit Bible College. Welcome to the Summit Show. Wow, man, what a radio voice. Sounds like that guy's been doing radio for a long time. I'm Caitlin Hashem, the host of the Summit Show, and I have one of my favorite co-hosts with me tonight, and I'm not just saying that. He literally is. He is brilliant and amazing and fun and smart and one of our best professors, drumroll, Dustin Adams. <laughs> how you doing? Good. How are you, Caitlin? Good. You really do have the best radio voice I've ever heard in my life. It's incredible. It's funny because when I listen to any video or anything, you know, you like you record with your phone and then you hear yourself, I think... Ah, that's not a very good voice. Most people are like that. You know, singers are like that. Yeah. Oh, because you're a singer. Time. Yeah. They have a really hard time listening back on themselves. I do know that I don't get jealous of people's voices. I've worked in radio, been around a number of radio people, and just have admired some of them and, and some of the people I've heard. And I just, I'm in awe of them. For Some people might be old enough to, to know who I'm talking about, but a guy from the 60s and 70s, who did NFL films named John Facenda. Fantastic voice. I also really love Pat Summerall's voice. He and John Madden were a, an NFL broadcasting team together. And then there are people that I've worked with in, in radio that I've thought, wow, it's a great voice. Or Art Bell, he was really well known for, like, you know, Greg knows who Art Bell is. And I just think, wow. sometimes I think the people who smoked smoke <laughs> they had the, the something about smoking sort of does something to their voice i don't smoke um maybe i should take it up for the better voice <laughs> please don't your voice is already amazing that's how we got onto this subject yeah sorry I, all that to say i really appreciate really good radio voices i'm always impressed yeah do you think that there's a like a fine tuning that takes place for people who do radio as far as their presentation and how they talk i think if you're going to be get good you have to be critical in a in a good sense of yourself listening to yourself when you and i did a, a show last spring so almost a year ago and i listened back i heard myself with things that i wouldn't have done before because i was out of practice i hate hearing myself with fillers which will probably happen in this i'll listen i'm i hate um and like there's certain things that i i, I realized that uh, working with kids, too, I pick up a lot of the vernacular. It's kind of funny, and I hear it, and I think, people are going to hear this and think, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about, just based on the lingo that I'm using. So you have to break yourself. yourself. They do talk about code switching. Sometimes they say that in a bad way, but you, you do speak differently for different audiences, just the same way you write. If you're doing a paper for a class, you do it a certain way, and if you're just texting to someone... You do it a certain way. There's a, a show I listen to sometimes on YouTube, one of those YouTube channels, and they do sports, and the guy says, actually, a lot. Over and over again, he says, actually. And so I think people, they have a lot of these fillers and verbal tics. Yeah. So. I used to listen back on myself on the radio, and I would say, like, all the time. And there's a lot of things that I have grown with, but I think for me, and we were kind of just talking about this a little bit ago, when I feel really connected to the person that I'm on the show with and I'm totally tuned in with them and I have a relationship with them, I feel like those shows are usually the best. And I'm telling you, when I'm doing a show with someone who's sharing a testimony, it 
is so powerful when they get emotional because when you can hear emotion in people's voices, it just, you're on the edge of your seat. You want to know what they're going to say. I've had some shows like Matthew Edmondson, Dr. Matthew Edmondson. He had this crazy story about how some people broke into his house and um, bashed his head into the, um, the ground with oh. a brick. And he woke up. He woke up in in critical condition and had like a two percent chance of living. But I honestly had no idea what I was getting into when I had him on the show. And it was like CSI, dude. It was crazy. Well, I think that speaks to your experience <laughs> and expertise being in radio. It's a number of years now, right? About a decade, yeah. Wow. See, so being able to tune in to well i don't mean that in a radio sense but being attuned to what someone is just guess it's kind of a pun <laughs> being attuned to to what's going on in the room and, and and sensing that that's what a good radio host does it, it's different being the guest maybe you've been a guest on a show you just go on and you go with the flow but as the host you have responsibilities and and you've really leaned into that in 10 years obviously a lot of experience I think it takes its form through time and what I've noticed like I just mentioned is lately my shows have been so focused on testimony back in the day it used to be we would take a scripture or something a topic and we would just teach on it and I would have my my co-host would would we would meet together before talk about what we were going to discuss. And now just like you, you showed up here tonight and you have no idea what we're talking about, but I think it's because we have a relationship and you're teaching a class coming up again. Right. Yeah. I don't want people thinking that we're just getting on here and just talking. There's a class coming up, but but in in a way it's it's, it's sort of like, yeah, and it's sort of a preparation for, or a preview of what the class would be like Mm -hmm. dialogue heavy, but content heavy as well. Yeah, so this class is Biblical Worldview, and you taught it last year. And I have to say, I was so refreshed. I sat in on your class. I was so refreshed by the way that you approached it because you didn't pull any punches, and you talked about a lot of these agendas in our society. I know the music is loud. If you're hearing music in the background, it's because there's a concert, and we're in a music hall right now, and there ain't nothing we could do about it. So <laughs> you're going to hear some jamming in the background. Yeah. Just know so you probably... if you probably... like Def Leppard and <laughs> Christian theology, yeah. <laughs> but all that to say, that class is, is, a, is a really necessary class, and you shared just a few moments ago when we were talking on the break that you're actually in a philosophy group and stuff and some of the materials that you're reading. Why don't you tell the listeners today and me what we can expect for your class coming up in the spring, Biblical Worldview? I love the Biblical Worldview course because what isn't covered, in a sense, when you say the Biblical Worldview? So it's broken up into... Eight weeks, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, eight weeks. And so I, I plan it around those different weeks and what to cover week by week. But but just like probably any course or many courses, especially when they're general like that, you're, you're not going to get to everything you want to the same degree, same depth, etc. But I do plan it around the big ideas, big issues, and but I try to pick up from week to week on okay this was really good maybe we need to do a little more of this next week and just like you as the host getting a feel for what's happening in a in an interview mm-hmm. is getting that reading the pulse of the of the room of what people are really leaning into of they want to know more about this so it's important to to take that so in, in that sense the content I want to cover from year to year would be the same 
but it's going to be a different class yeah. every time you take it because of where people's interests are, where their questions are, that sort of thing. You know, that's why one of that's one of the reasons why you're uh, one of my top professors that I choose and one of the people I like to sit under and listen to because I notice with you, you aren't scripted when you teach. Some professors, they actually have their entire agenda for the course developed and they teach the same thing, like cookie cutter, mm-hmm. every single year. And I think that because of the, especially the topic of biblical worldview, the culture is changing constantly. There's different agendas being revealed. There's different tactics happening within our government and different things that are transpiring. Um, kind of like, uh, how do I say it? Things that are that are in secret that people need to be more made more aware of in your philosophy group i think it's interesting that you're in a philosophy group i'd like to actually know if you wouldn't mind sharing like what are some of the hot topics you guys are talking about in that because i think you're probably going to end up covering some of that stuff in the biblical worldview class well yeah i'm in a a a group and it's not super exclusive exactly but uh it's a friend from church who, who teaches college and he 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 invites different people based on their interests and whatnot and um, it's not mostly people from the church. Uh, it's just he and I go to church together. Uh, we have coffee or you know, people bring food and that sort of thing. I mean, it's it, it, it's awesome. And it's at a house, so it's, it's very warm and inviting. But we talk about big issues from this has been going on maybe four or five years now. And so we talked before about capital, a book on capital punishment, um, Thomas Aquinas theology. Da, 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 da. Well, this one we're doing a book on wokeness. I know that's a term that maybe people uh, hear and they think, what in the world is that? Or is it really a thing? Um, but the guy, the author that, the, I'm going to find the name of the, the work here. Um, he, uh, he's written a book also on uh, BLM. Mike Gonzalez, right? Yeah, his name mm-hmm. is Mike Gonzalez. I'll just look him up on Amazon real quick. I'm just trying to remember the name because I have the hardback at home. I don't have it on um, uh, Kindle yet. I like Kindle, but it's going to be sad one day when not only are all the books gone, but didn't we run out of electricity <laughs> and we won't have our books? I know, right? <laughs> That's a good point. Okay, check this out for a title. The Plot to Change America. And it says how identity politics is dividing the land of the free. So you are in this group and you're studying this and you're kind of discussing it. Does that remind you of back in the day, the Pasantinos, when you used to sit sit under them and learn from them? Is it kind of the same idea? Um, no. It's not. not. Exactly, no. And I just think Bob and Gretchen Pasantino were so unique. But that, you learned- That environment. I mean, it, it's similar in terms of like content, I guess. But the dynamic of Bob and Gretchen Pasadino's philosophy group, and then they had a Friday night Bible study, a Wednesday night philosophy group, Friday night Bible study. Yeah, I mean, they were devoted to that down in uh, Huntington Beach. So you actually learned tools on how to properly defend the faith and right. the word of God. Right. Are you learning tools right now in your um, in your group right now about well, how to yeah, defend the faith? Yeah, these are very smart people. Not only is this, this person a college professor, but there are other college professors there. And they're believers. Not all of them, but some of them. One one is a, a, a woman who teaches philosophy. She's brilliant. She's a Christian. She has some funny ideas, man. Like, you'd be surprised. It's kind of funny. Um, not bad ideas, but just would surprise you. Um, she's not a feminist. Let's say that. She's very anti-feminist. 
Wow. And she's super, super sharp. And she taught for years at a very liberal college uh, up in the Bay Area. Wow. So th- some brilliant minds. But we have to talk about this wokeness stuff because it's it's taking over. I don't, I don't, sometimes I feel like, hey, maybe the pendulum's swinging back a bit. Then I see something and I go, oh, maybe it's not. It, it, and we say this at these kind of groups. I said it last Friday night. These are unprecedented times. Um, I'm not the one teaching. Nobody's actually teaching in this group. It's, it's a book study. And people will take different chapters and present. And we'll just have discussion on it. Um, but we are in unprecedented times. The big cities are horrible. To kind of connect my whole world together, I, I really hate the fact that, and especially the Super Bowl's coming up at, at the time of our uh, recording here anyway, and it's in Las Vegas this year, and they say, oh, man, the Chiefs and the 49ers, they're playing in the Raiders' home stadium. And I I'll, sometimes I'll comment on YouTube, and I say, no, Oakland is home. Oakland is home. I don't like the Las Vegas thing. But then... People will say, well, Oakland is a you know really awful place. And, and I respond and say, yeah, you're right, it is. Uh, but a lot of big cities are right now. And Oakland, historically, yeah, it's been kind of rough, but not in every part of it. But like San Francisco and other parts of the country, it's, it's not just, oh, it's got issues. It's bad. Mm-hmm. And In-N-Out is closing. I don't know if you read about that yeah, or heard about that. Mm-hmm. I think in March, it's like it's last month, whatever day in March. That's a very profitable business. It's not franchised either. It's owned by the company. And they're making hand over fist no matter where they open up. in and out is always busy. And and I, I don't know if I've been to that one in Oakland, but they say it's near the airport. So imagine all the business they get going through that drive through and of course people going inside as well but i imagine a ton of people in the drive-thru thinking oh i want to get this before i go to the airport or maybe they just are coming from the airport and they're hungry i just imagine it's a very busy in and out let's say that and they just said yeah we can't do this anymore and as far as i understand it's the only one in oakland oakland has a lot of people but i think it's kind of small in its own way too um so that's it that's it for the in and out yeah this looks like Mad Max. I don't know if people know those movies. I remember them from when I was a kid. And there's one that came out like 10 years ago or so. But just this like post-apocalyptic kind of world that we watch and would, would go, oh, man, I hope things never get that way. Or, well, this is just a movie. And can you imagine if? And now we're there. We're that. That's the world we're living in mm-hmm. is... I think it was CNN who showed up to do uh, some filming in uh, San Francisco. And while they were like setting up to film and everything, their stuff got stolen. Wow. It's just bizarre. You spend a lot of your time educating people. You're a teacher. You're a professor um, at Summit Bible College. And you have really been an educator for goodness how many years now 20 years yeah a long time yeah many years and you also educate yourself so you surround yourself with people who um are intelligent and you know more than you you know and i think that that's awesome because we should be around people who know more than us uh what do you say about 
what you just said, what is a response that we should have about what you just said? I think my answer to that is being educated, but there has to be more than just being educated, don't you think? Yeah, I think it takes, I think it takes being brave now. I love and that. I think we just have to be willing now to call things out for what they are and let the chips fall where they may. Um, there was a time where uh, I, I had, uh, we, okay, this, you might recall in the 90s, I know you're, you're younger than me, but late 90s anyway, early 2000s, Christian apologists were talking a lot about the tolerance movement that the or the relativism, right? That your way is your way, my way is my way, and you know nothing is really right. And that was being called out by Christians. Is no, there is a right way, and you know, relativism is wrong. Well, I don't, I don't believe there are relativists now. I just think there are people who are very wrong, and they're not tolerant at all. So the very ones who a liberal, a person who was considered a liberal for many years was someone who said, well, we should hear multiple views. We need to be tolerant. That, that's more, oftentimes I hear the term classical liberal. So I'll use that term. Classical liberal was, hey, at a college, it's okay to have a professor who's a Christian and one who isn't and one who's a Marxist and one who's a capitalist. And it's the the free enterprise of ideas, meritocracy, let the best arguments rise to the cream, rise to the top, that sort of thing. It's not like that now. What what we what is considered liberal now, a number of words get used, progressive, leftist. They're not tolerant. That's not the goal. The goal is not toleration. We would be the ones now wanting people to be tolerant. Is hey, can we be inclusive you used to hear this word a lot inclusive in a bad way but we're trying to say inclusive in a good way now that we can hear each other's opinions and not want to kill each other over it or start fires and burn things down and and cause riots no they're not interested in that the leftists they're not interested in that at all and i hate to speak so blanketly about people but just categorically that is my experience personally and just well, you said education. be educated right but you you say personally but also through education you are right. in education Learning. yeah so you see the agenda right. firsthand right? right and it's not just something that is a matter of uh, intellectual close-mindedness this is about interpersonal relationships now this is people who have been friends for 30 years and they're facebook friends as well and suddenly one says i'm unfriending you because you are a trump supporter and we all know what a trump supporter is it's a rapist uh, homophobic you know throw in whatever yeah. words and so and, and it's, of course, a person who is, let's just say, conservative can do the same thing. But again, my observation and experience is that it doesn't usually happen in that direction. It's usually coming from the left towards people who are, again, I hate, sometimes terminology can get in the way, but I'm just going to use the term conservative. 
I know that's like a big term. It can mean a number of things. But I think generally we know what we mean, right, when mm-hmm. we're saying these things. So people are breaking off friendships. People are uh, deciding uh, for other people whether or not they can have a job based on uh, characteristics of, well, you, you uh, I mean, a characteristic of skin color even now. And you look back 60 years, years ago at the... Uh, the civil rights movement and the the signing of the, the big civil rights legislation that came at that time and and Martin Luther King Jr saying things like content of character and equality and 60 years later it's not that i saw a thing mm-hmm. sunny uh hostin she's you know beautiful woman she's a lawyer and she's on that show the view Okay, I don't exactly watch The View, but because of the the conservative political things I follow on YouTube, a lot of times they're covering that. And um, in fact, the two main political YouTube channels I follow are black conservatives. And so they, they talk about this a lot because race comes up a lot on The View. And so they'll play like snippets and things. Well, recently, Sonny Hostin did one of those uh, Finding Your Roots shows and what's in your, your DNA and history and all that. Um and she's she was saying i hope i don't have white in my background she found out she's part spanish or big part spanish and so you'll have to watch you see clips of this and she's wrestling with the fact that wow some of my ancestors were oppressors because the spanish are essentially white and they enslaved people and whatnot but her fear was that oh what if i have white and I just can't imagine that being the same a white person who is respected on TV and says, please don't let there be any black in my in my history. I don't want any black ancestors. That person would not have a job anymore. And, you know, it would be an awful thing to say. It's very racist and awful to say, I hope, hope I don't have black in my background. But for Sonny Hassan to say, I don't want any white in my background, that's just as racist. Yes. But now identity politics is... Well, no, it's different. It's different when it's calling out white people because, and then this is where kind of the social uh, Marxism comes in, and the CRT, the critical race theory and all that. It's, well, yeah, but white people, they kind of deserve ill treatment because of things from the past. And this is totally a refutation uh, in, in action of Martin Luther King's views. Yeah, 100%. It's not content of character. To say things about me because I'm white, simply because I'm white, and that I'm good, bad, whatever, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And But that is what identity politics is. Yeah. And it is about hiring people based on these characteristics. It'd be like saying, you know, your hair color, especially your natural hair color, or your height. It's like how I was born. This is this is this is not about my skills. Yeah. And but that's how people are judging each other and they're dealing with, and it is dividing. When it's it's weird when I watch sports now, I'm I'm well aware that if something gets said about a player, oh, it better not be a white person saying it about a black player cuz that's going to be a big deal. And I'm thinking about all that now. And it should just be 
normal, le- whatever. It's just sports. Yeah, it's crazy. You never would have imagined 10 years ago. I met you about 10 years ago or more, actually, because yeah, I've been married Quite a while years. ago, maybe yeah. 15. Yeah, goodness, that long. It's crazy that we're even having this conversation. You know, mm-hmm. you never would have imagined that you would be talking about the things that you're talking about as a leader, as a educator. And it's sad that that's the reality. But the fact of the matter is, is that we have to help create a culture of we talked about this, Dustin, just a few minutes ago, discernment within our students, because listen, it's like the analogy. If you're a frog and you're in the water and you turn up the heat, you're going to stay and you're going to burn to death. Mm-hmm. Right. But if a frog gets thrown into the hot water, they're going to they're going to bounce right out of it. Yeah. You have to help people know that are being solely influenced by the, uh, the warped education system. Not every part of the education system is warped, but there's a warped aspect of the educational system for those that are in it. And they, they, they are influenced only by the media and the culture. You have to, essentially show them another way and well help yeah them. because uh, sorry to cut you off no, but please. in the interest of time here yeah. um, running out of time but i've seen christian people go the woke direction and try to marry it, it to christianity and so teaching a biblical worldview class as someone who's not woke i can tell you why wokeness is wrong and first of all god made human beings in his image so if you're white or if you're black or if you're brown or you know, with these colors that we say, I mean, I'm, I'm more peach than white, I guess, but you were meant to be that. God made you. You, you are who you're supposed to be. And to hate each other, judge each other in such wicked ways based on that, it, it's another way of saying yeah, either God made a mistake or you're not worth something, and that's awful. So teaching the biblical worldview is human beings have fundamental worth before God. Mm. That's that's what we know from the Bible, from the Christian worldview. And so that's why we have to stand up and be brave now and say, you know, I know you're saying this, but I don't agree. And if you're going to fire me, fire me. If, if you're going to not want to be my friend, that's fine. But you know what? God made us all in his image. There isn't any human being who exists who's not made in God's image. <sighs> it doesn't matter if they're handicapped or they're uh, super amazingly smart and athletic and look like Jimmy Garoppolo and us, you know. Um, everybody who exists is made in God's image. Yeah. It's just amazing, Dustin. I love what you said. I'm going to remember it forever. I said, you know, the first step is getting educated. What's what's beyond that? And you said being brave. You're so right. I mean, sometimes it boils down to not shopping at certain stores anymore. You That's know, true it's too. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you could call people radical all you want, but if you have a conviction in your spirit when you walk into a certain store, um, because of what they're broadcasting in their store and what they're selling or what they're partnering with, and then don't go against your conviction because when you go against your conviction, you're denying the Holy Spirit's leading in your life. And mm-hmm. I think that's the purpose of the show. We have about one minute left, and we do encourage you to reach out to us at summitbiblecollege.com. Take Dustin's class. If you're not a student at the college, you could still take his class. You can audit his class and come. It starts the first week of April. April 1st is the start date. That's the Monday. His class is going to be on a Tuesday night, April 2nd. So we have time and you're going to be hearing this well um in time for you to reach out to us so go to the website at summitbiblecollege.com and honestly i think that it's time for us to be under such sober 
um, think to be what the word of God says, be sober minded. And this is what we're talking about when we say be sober minded is be in the truth, know right from wrong, be discerning and be brave. Dustin, you couldn't have said it better. Thank you. Well, it looks like we are running out of time. Our I producer know. is saying, hey, 30 seconds up, left. Guys. 30 seconds left. Do you have any last words for 30 seconds? Ask the Holy Spirit for the power to be brave. For sure. Well, God bless you guys. I hope you enjoyed the show. We'll talk to you next week.